The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence of investing. Calls are pre-screened and the show was pre-recorded earlier this week. Rick is with Edelman Financial Engines, a part of Financial Engines Advisors, LLC, and the investment advisor that furnishes this program. Barron's ranks financial advisory firms based on assets managed, team size, experience, and regulatory record. Firms self-nominate. Investment returns and experience are not considered. Advisors in the Hall of Fame have been in the top 100 for 10 plus years. Future performance is not guaranteed. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Barron's ranks Edelman Financial Engines the number one independent investment advisor in the country. And Rick is in the Barron's Financial Advisor Hall of Fame. Now, here's Rick Edelman. Welcome to the Rick Edelman Show. We have a new administration in Washington, D.C. Hearty congratulations to President Joe Biden and his entire administration and Vice President Kamala Harris and all of the members of Congress re-elected, elected for the first time in both the House and the Senate. As is always the case with a new administration, optimism reigns in the country, or at least I hope that is the attitude that all Americans have today, because quite frankly, we don't have a choice, do we? There is a so-called honeymoon period that always occurs with the election of any new president, and that honeymoon period, classically 90 days, where Congress is happy to give the president whatever he wants as a show of good faith, a show of bipartisanship, an effort to move the country forward. I hope that the president enjoys a honeymoon period of four years so the country can move forward, but my suspicion is that the honeymoon period might already be over. We have so many serious issues that our nation is facing, and so much divisive at the moment, so many people so unhappy about the election results that I suspect we're going to be getting down to hard work immediately. And in fact, President Biden has wasted no time. On day one of his presidency, as you saw earlier this week, the president issued a variety of executive orders. I'll run through this list quickly for you. I'm sure you've seen it elsewhere in the media. Number one, his 100-day masking challenge, asking everyone in the United States to wear a mask for the next 100 days. President Biden says we are not going to withdraw from the World Health Organization He's extending the federal eviction moratorium for renters and the foreclosure moratorium for homeowners for everybody who's got a federally guaranteed mortgage all the way to March 31 for both renters and homeowners. He's also asking Congress for more money to support those who are renting but can't afford their rent. And for those with student loan debt, he's extending the deferral of interest and principal payments all the way to September 30. He's also going to rejoin the Paris Climate agreement. And he's going to undo President Trump's environmental actions involving vehicle fuel economy and emission standards, methane emission standards, reviewing the boundaries of national parks, placing a moratorium on all oil and gas leasing activities in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. He's revoking uh, the presidential permit granted to the Keystone XL pipeline. President Biden is also directing every federal agency to review racial equity within the next 200 days. He's rescinding the Trump administration's 1776 commission. He's revoking the orders to exclude non-citizens from the census. And he's adopting DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals law that will give citizenship for people who came to this country as children. He's reversing the Muslim ban, repealing the Interior Enforcement Executive Order. He's stopping the border wall construction. And he's preventing discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation. And that 
was just day one. It is very clear that we are going to see a raft of new policies from the president, new legislative proposals that are going to be very different from what we've seen over the past four years. A lot of folks extraordinarily excited about this and a lot of folks extraordinarily unhappy about it as well. And everybody wondering, what will it mean for the nation going forward? What will be the net result, the net effect, the outcome of all of this regarding the economy itself? Is it going to restore jobs? Is it going to persist in low interest rates and low inflation rates? Are we going to see the federal debt growing out of control? And if so, how are we going to handle that? Therefore, what's going to happen with tax rates on income taxes, capital gains taxes, social security taxes, and so much more? All of that to be determined, and you can be sure I'll be bringing you that information in weeks to come. For now, though, we need to take a look at what is going on at the moment. And at the moment, we have the 2020 economic data. The global economy fell 4.3% last year. Not a surprise, all of it due to COVID. The economy fell 7.4% in Europe, 3.6% in the U.S. Every developed nation in the world fell in its economic productivity last year, except for one country. China. China's GDP rose 2.3% last year. China was the only major economy in the world to record gains. Well, that's great. That's just great. In fact, China's share of the global GDP rose more last year than in any single year since the 1970s. Oh, and what is going on in the U.S. at the moment with COVID persisting? In November, New York City said it was going to collect $32 billion in property taxes. Now, New York says they're going to collect $2.5 billion less because COVID has resurged. That's the biggest drop in property tax revenue in New York City in 30 years. Their property taxes are based on the value of the real estate, the assessments. And New York City says the market values for hotels, Retail spaces and offices are down 16%. The city has already cut 7,000 jobs. It has a hiring freeze, and they're planning to cut another 5,000 jobs. All told, only 29% of Manhattan hotel rooms were occupied this past month. It was 70% occupancy a year ago. 230 hotels in Manhattan have closed, hopefully not all of them, permanently. And it's not just the New York City real estate market that's in a tizzy. So's the auto industry. Audi announced they're cutting production. Why? It's not because you don't want to buy their cars. Quite the contrary. People want to buy lots of cars. The problem is Audi can't manufacture them. They're missing a part. A part? Computer chips. And as a result, Audi has furloughed 10,000 workers. They're part of Volkswagen. Overall, VW says they're going to make 100,000 fewer cars in the first quarter. Every automaker is struggling with this. Nissan, Honda, Mercedes-Benz, Renault, BMW, GM, and Ford. They're all saying that last year, early in the year with the pandemic, as the demand for cars had fallen... 
Well, the attitude was they don't need to be making so many cars. They don't need to be ordering so many parts for manufacturing. And they reduce their orders for computer chips because we know that computers are programming and controlling a whole lot of the vehicle's operations. And so the chip makers, seeing a reduction in orders from car makers, the chip makers started making chips for video games and smartphones because that's what everybody was buying in the early days of the pandemic. Well, now demand for cars is back up. And they don't have the chips they need. It's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy. But here's some good news: Merrill Lynch has announced that they're going to stop teaching its financial advisor trainees how to cold call. Yeah, an executive told the financial press, "quote We will have little to no reliance on cold calling going forward." Merrill has 3,500 trainees, people they are teaching how to become financial advisors, and they are not teaching them how to cold call. It makes you wonder about the training that the advisors at Merrill Lynch used to be getting. So how are you feeling about all this? Are you excited and optimistic about the new Biden administration? Or are you filled with dread and anxiety because of the expected policies and laws you expect to see coming from a Biden administration? And how are you feeling about the economy overall? Are you fearful that interest rates are going to skyrocket, causing bond prices to tumble? Are you concerned that the stock market's at an all-time high and therefore has nowhere to go but down? Are you upset that you're in a low-interest-bearing savings account or checking account or money under a mattress because you don't want to take the risks of investing in the market? Well, this is a conundrum for you, isn't it? And I get it. I understand the emotional roller coaster that you may very well be experiencing. You don't want to invest in the market out of a fear of losing money, but you're equally unhappy about leaving your money in cash where it's earning zero point nothing. You know that over time, taxes and inflation are going to erode the value of that cash. What are you to do? Well, I want to help. We are offering now something brand new at Edelman Financial Engines. We've been working on this through most of 2020, and we are about now ready to launch it for you. It is a new service called Downside Defender. It lets you invest in a diversified portfolio and gives you the opportunity to enjoy the returns that are provided by the financial markets. You get to tell us a downside portfolio target value that you don't want your money to go below. If the account's value drops, we reduce the amount you have in stocks to help prevent your account from falling below the value you would set. And as markets improve, we gradually restore your stock allocation to its original level. This is not for everyone. You really ought to be invested all the time in a diversified, long-term, rebalanced portfolio. But some people can't bring themselves to do that. And you get stuck earning low interest as a result. Well, Downside Defender can help give you the peace of mind you need to invest in the financial markets. But it reduces the amount of money you own in stocks during certain periods. And that means you're likely to earn lower returns over longer periods periods from Downside Defender, but hey, it's better than being stuck in those low-interest accounts forever. We can give you Downside Defender for your regular accounts as well as your IRA, too. It's a limited free launch that we're offering, available only for accounts of $250,000 or more. If you would like more information about Downside Defender to see if it makes sense for you, go to rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Our goal is to give you the advice that you need that's in your best interest and to help you to do what you know you need to do, especially when you really don't want to do it. Let's see if Downside Defender can help. rickedelman.com, 888-PLAN-RED. Stay with us.
by Investment News as the nation's largest independent registered investment advisory firm. This is The Rick Edelman Show. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman. With the inauguration behind us, we can all expect new laws and regulations affecting the economy, taxes, student loans, trade, commerce, and more. What does it all mean for your investments, and what should you do now as a result? Get the answers in my special presentation on the election and your investments. The webinar is Tuesday, January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. I'll show you the impact political parties have had on the stock market, and I'll also give you the three-step investment strategy you need right now. The webinar is free. Just register at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. At Edelman Financial Engines, we've been helping folks just like you get through every election since 1986, and we can help you now, too. You'll be surprised at what I have to tell you, so if you missed this webinar before, this is your last chance to see it. Join me January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. Eastern. Register now at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. back to the Rick Edelman Show. The Consumer Federation of America and Bankrate.com independently have just released a couple of surveys this past week with shockingly similar data results I thought I would share with you. In both studies, they showed only 35% of retirees think that they're prepared adequately for retirement. So I put the question to you. Are you in retirement? Are you nearing retirement? Are you preparing for your inevitable retirement? Two out of three retirees are not adequately prepared for retirement. In fact, they say that they have only 40% of the savings they need, and they've doubled their debt in the last year. A lot of retirees have a lot of regrets, 56% more than half say they waited too long to start saving for retirement. 63%, two out of three, say they wish they had better understood saving and investing when they were still working. And 59%, six out of 10, say that they retired earlier than they planned. And two out of three of them said it was because of health issues. So I put the question to you. You can either learn from your own experience, which takes an awful lot of time and often forces you to go through terrible circumstances, or you can learn from the experiences of those who have gone where you're headed. It's a faster way to learn, a cheaper way to learn, and it helps you avoid the problems that others have suffered. So if your elders are telling you that they waited too long to save for retirement, that's your cue to start saving now. If they are saying that they wish they understood investments while they were working, that's your cue to learn about investments now. And if two out of three say that they had to retire sooner than they thought because of adverse health, Well, that's your cue to adopt the behaviors to keep your health in check and also to recognize that your grand plans of working till you drop may not work out as you've expected. But what about the stimulus? What about the checks that the federal government is providing to Americans across the country? Isn't that solving the problem? 53% in the new survey say that they're getting stimulus checks 
but that the money they're getting won't even last them a month. 18% say it's not going to make any impact at all on their financial well-being, and 16% that the money will help, but only for the next couple of months. What happens after that? We'll have to wait and see. Oh, and finally, this set of data results? It's even worse for black Americans. 60% of blacks are concerned about their financial future. Only 42% of black households surveyed have a savings account, and their average balance is only $3,000. Clearly, we've got an economic and fiscal crisis at the household level in this country. And we are about to start tax season, aren't we? Well, the problem is that tax season isn't going to start as soon as you expected. The IRS announced this week that tax season will not officially begin until February 12th. Why not? Because they're still processing 7 million returns for 2019. Now, what does it mean that tax season doesn't start? I mean, you can still send in your return. Go ahead. If you fill out your tax return, it's ready to go. Go ahead. Send it in. The IRS, though, isn't even going to open that envelope. They're not even going to look at it. So what does all that mean? Well, it means that if you're claiming the earned income tax credit or the additional child tax credit and you're expecting money back from the IRS, you're not going to get your refund at the end of January or early February. You're not going to get that check until March. And even then, you're only going to get it in March if you file electronically with direct deposit instructions and if there are no issues with your return. The IRS is warning Americans, do not file your tax return via paper. File it electronically instead. They say the backlogs are likely to grow, so e-file your return. Well... Okay, that's all well and good, except for one problem. There are more than 40 IRS forms that require you to file a paper return. Oh, and by the way, the IRS budget, it's down 10% from 10 years ago, and the IRS workforce is down 20%. So if you're wondering why there's a backlog, that is a big reason why. You're listening to The Rick Edelman Show. You know, I'm blogging on Forbes.com. I write about the intersection of life, money, and public policy. And you know I'm a regular on Capitol Hill advocating for issues affecting retirement security, either through here at Edelman Financial Engines or the Funding Our Future Coalition. So visit uh, Forbes.com. Search for my name, Rick Edelman, to see my latest blog. You can also follow me on social media where I'm posting news, info, articles, links to important financial planning topics, along, of course, with links to this radio show. And if you miss a show, every week I post a link so you can listen as a podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're on social media, follow me on Twitter, at Rick Edelman. And I look forward to connecting with you on social media. You know, there's a lot of diciness going on in the world right now. We're dealing with COVID. We have a lot of questions as to the new administration and what laws and policies we can expect, what's going to happen with tax law. The IRS is saying, we don't even want your tax return until February. And there's a lot of folks trying to figure out what is going on, what should I be doing with my money. And, and I got an email from Cindy this week. And she expressed a very, I, I guess, alarm is, is the only word for it from her email. She said, Rick, I read online that the National Global Economic Security and Reformation Act was signed by Bill Clinton in 2001. And I heard that they are now testing the system and that they're going to replace the Federal Reserve and they're going to take all my money. 
Well, I was able to calm Cindy down, but I want to help you with this as well. The National Economic Security and Recovery Act? Yeah, it was an idea in the 1990s. It would have replaced the income tax with the national sales tax. It would have abolished compound interest on loans, would have returned us to a gold standard. And guess what? It's all nonsense. These proposals were never even introduced into Congress, let alone a bill passed by Congress and signed into law by President Clinton. It's utter nonsense on the Internet. And for some strange reason, this information continues to be out there. So my warning to you is very simple. Please stop surfing the web. Please ignore emails you get telling you of dire things that are going to happen. The federal government is not about to seize your 401k. They are not about to have a state takeover of all banks in this country. They are not about to return to the gold standard. It is all utter nonsense from people who are trying to scare you, trying to make you think that you ought to be frightened by what's going on in Washington. People who are trying to sell you something such as buy this investment, liquidate your IRA and turn your money over to us so we can sell you an annuity or to sell you gold or to sell you Lord knows whatever it is they want to sell you. We need to get a grip. There's a huge amount of misinformation out there, and we need to make sure we are not scaring ourselves unduly, unnecessarily, and completely avoidably. If you do come upon wacky, crazy information, please check with us first. Do what Cindy did and send me an email. Send it to askrick at rickedelman.com or call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. If there's something we think you need to be knowing, you can be sure we're going to tell you. author of the New York Times bestseller, The Truth About Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman. With the inauguration behind us, we can all expect new laws and regulations affecting the economy, taxes, student loans, trade, commerce, and more. What does it all mean for your investments, and what should you do now as a result? Get the answers in my special presentation on the election and your investments. The webinar is Tuesday, January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. I'll show you the impact political parties have had on the stock market, and I'll also give you the three-step investment strategy you need right now. The webinar's free. Just register at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. At Edelman Financial Engines, we've been helping folks just like you get through every election since 1986, and we can help you now, too. You'll be surprised at what I have to tell you, so if you missed this webinar before, this is your last chance to see it. Join me January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. Eastern. Register now at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Let's take a telephone call here on the Rick Edelman Show. Heading off to Seattle, Washington. Chat with Kyle, who's on the phone. Welcome to the program, Kyle. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for calling in today. How can I help you? Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on with you. I have actually a few questions, if that's okay. So the first one, I have some money from previous employers tied up in IRAs. And my question was, Originally, the question was until I listened to your program last week, and you didn't seem too high on Roth. But was is it worth it to take it from an IRA to a Roth, and 
hope that it could get 20% return a year. So there's about $10,000 in those funds. And with a 20% return over 30 years, it should be close to 3 or $4 million. But you didn't seem too happy with Roth, so I wanted to get your input on that if you think it's something worth doing, or should I just keep it in the IRA? Well, there are two separate questions here. One is the account registration. The second is the rate of return and the investment strategy. So let's talk about the account registration first. There's no particular benefit tax-wise to moving money from an IRA to a Roth. Um, a lot of folks think that their tax rate in retirement will be lower than their current tax rate, but the academic data tells us that that is not true, and it is also not predictable because we don't know what future tax rates are going to be. So unless you are currently in a very low tax bracket, which I define as 15% or less, I don't see any particular motivation for converting to the Roth because the act of converting forces you to pay taxes right now. I don't see the point in paying a tax today that you don't have to pay. I mean, taxes are mandatory in this country. Why pay a tax that's optional? So I would not do the Roth. The second part of your question has to do with the rate of return you're going to earn, and you've suggested earning 20% a year. What makes you think you're capable of earning 20% a year? Honestly, I, I don't know. I Previously, I've heard like Franklin Templeton can get somewhere between 16 to 18, so 20, I guess, is more hopeful than, than probably realistic anymore. Franklin Templeton is one of the largest mutual fund companies in America, and I assure you, they have never said that they're capable of generating for you 16 to 18% a year. They have never said that. So where did you hear that? Uh, from, obviously, this is friends and family and stuff talking, so that's why when I heard it, I had the same same reaction. I was like, that can't be. Yeah. So let me tell you what's going on, Kyle. Uh, your friends and family own some mutual funds at Franklin Templeton, and in 2020, they very well may have earned 16 or 18%. They may have earned even far more than that, depending on when during the year they invested in 2020. If they invested in April or May and held to December, they may have earned 50 or 60%. If they held throughout the entire calendar year in some of the Franklin Templeton stock funds, they may have earned 16%, because guess what? That was the average return of the S&P 500 last year. Last year was a very good year for the stock market, whether you were in the whole calendar year or only a smaller portion of the year. And people who do not have a lot of investment experience might look at that and say, gosh, that must be the way it always works. Well, it isn't. The average return of the stock market since 1926 is 10% a year. And that's the best performing asset class in the world. Stocks outperform bonds, real estate, Oil, gold, commodities, foreign securities, government securities, you name it. Since 1926, stocks have been the best-performing asset class with a return of only, I'll put that in quotes, only 10% per year. So if somebody thinks that they're going to be able to produce 15 or 20% a year over a 30-year period, they are setting themselves up for disappointment because it's not going to happen. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't invest with Franklin Templeton, or it doesn't mean you shouldn't invest in the stock market. I just want to level set your expectations. And regardless of what those returns may prove to be, that doesn't have any influence on whether you do an IRA or a Roth IRA or anything else, because the IRA is nothing but a glass. What you pour into the glass, the liquid you pour, whether it's beer, vodka, apple cider, or water... That's totally different from the glass itself. So you've got two issues. What kind of glass do you want, an IRA or a Roth, and what liquid are you going to pour into the glass? My preference is that you keep it as an IRA and you pour into that glass a variety of liquids. 
That's how you get diversification, a blended, balanced portfolio that features a variety of asset classes. Because different asset classes not only have different return potential, they also have different risk exposure, different tax implications, different liquidity notions. So different investments have different features. That's why all these different investments exist. Some people like some features, other people like other features. On a blended basis, you'll have kind of the best of both worlds. No one thing can do you a lot of damage. You know, it's like 12 eggs and 12 baskets. So I think what you need to do is quit listening to your family and friends. And that's why I'm so glad you called me today. I am too. And my other, on that topic, the other option was to take, because it's about $10,000 between the two IRAs, mm-hmm. was to take it and invest it into possibly like a neutral fund such as Exponential Technologies or something like that. Well, I'm a big fan of all the above. Uh, First of all, let's make life a little simple and consolidate these different IRAs into a single IRA. There's no reason to have two separate IRA accounts because that's just two separate sets of paperwork, two different sets of everything you've got to pay attention to. You can consolidate, put all the money into a single IRA, and that way it becomes easier to manage. And you can have a variety of investments in a single IRA. Uh, you mentioned exponential technologies. I think everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of exponential technologies. I literally wrote the book on exponential technologies yep. called The Truth About Your Future. And I am personally very heavily invested in exponential technologies uh, and the broad array of investments associated with all that, we need to recognize they are higher in risk than other investment areas because of the inherent nature of what they're doing. And so it's riskier, uh, no question about it, but I believe the outsized return is also higher. So you've got to decide if your risk tolerance is okay with that asset class, or I would say that that, that theme uh, of investing. Uh, and And I think it's kind kind of perfect for an IRA because by definition you have a very long time horizon. And so a diversified fund or a series of funds in the exponential technology space can make a lot of sense for an IRA account. I think that's good thinking. And there are a variety, probably a couple of dozen different mutual funds that exist in the exponential technology space. You can go into a one that's broad that covers, you know, all nine different categories, AI, robotics, big data, 3D printing, nanotech, biotech, bioinformatics, etc. Or you can narrow down if you like cybersecurity, or you like clean energy, or you like water technology, or you like robotics or AI. There are ETFs that narrowly focus on just that one area. So there are several different ways you can go about it. Okay, awesome. Well, you're, you're in Seattle. We've got an office not far from you in Bellevue. Awesome. Yeah, and, and I'm in law enforcement, and when I retire in 20 years, uh, my original plan was to take my collision expertise and, and go into the insurance game, because uh, I'll retire at 53, and I got like a 10-year gap there before my wife retires, so I'll have to get a second job, but to take the collision expertise and go into the insurance realm or a private third party, but now it has me rethinking that, because I'm wondering if insurance will even be around in 20 years. It'll be around, but I think it may be eclipsed by some of the other innovative technologies that are being developed, and uh, it's worthy of you continuing to pursue those notions. Let me get this straight. You're, you're a police officer. Uh, ordinarily, I would simply say thank you for your service in protecting us, but my goodness, the challenges that Seattle in particular had last year 
I do pray that you stay safe uh, in the midst of the astonishing and horrific and unconscionable rioting that, that occurred in that city. And so, Kyle, thank you so much for everything you do for us. Thank you so much. And one more question, if you have time. Certainly. So I hear when we're talking about how much you need to retire, and this is my time to But I've been trying to figure it out. How is there a way to figure out how much you'll need to retire in? Especially after reading your book and trying to figure out how much things are going to change in the next 20 years. How do you try to figure out how much you're going to need to retire, where you're going to be living, what the house is going to be, the cost of living, that type of stuff? Well, step right up, my friends. Let me roll up my sleeves. I mean, this is <laughs> this is exactly what we do for a living as a financial planner is that exact calculation. Uh, our clients come to us because they want to know the answer to that question. And we are able, with our knowledge and our experience and our training, able to take a look at what you're doing now, where you are right now with your personal finances, and show you, based on your goals, what you want to accomplish. When do you want to retire? How much income are you going to need at that time? How much money you need to be saving between now and then to be able to sustain the lifestyle that you want. So we are able to tell you with a pretty high degree of accuracy how much money you're going to need, how much income you're going to need, and how best you can generate that income and how you need to invest in order to be able to do all the above. That's exactly what financial planners do. Uh, So we'd be honored to do it for you as we do this for tens of thousands of people just like you all across this country. Okay, awesome. Kyle, thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Love the show. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. That was Kyle in Seattle here on The Rick Edelman Show. Triple Eight, Plan Rick, rickedelman.com. For free articles on personal finance, sign up for Rick's email update at rickedelman.com. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman. With the inauguration behind us, we can all expect new laws and regulations affecting the economy, taxes, student loans, trade, commerce, and more. What does it all mean for your investments, and what should you do now as a result? Get the answers in my special presentation on the election and your investments. The webinar is Tuesday, January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. I'll show you the impact political parties have had on the stock market, and I'll also give you the three-step investment strategy you need right now. The webinar is free. Just register at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. At Edelman Financial Engines, we've been helping folks just like you get through every election since 1986, and we can help you now, too. You'll be surprised at what I have to tell you, so if you missed this webinar before, this is your last chance to see it. Join me January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. Eastern. Register now at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. Head off to Huntington, New York. Robert is with us on the program. Welcome to the show, Robert. What can I do for you today? Uh, thank you for taking the call, first of all. I'm a big fan. I try to faithfully listen. Uh, I have a situation in which I'm really, I think, at this stage looking for confirmation that I didn't screw up. Okay. I am 70 years old. I haven't had to make an RMD yet, although I'll turn 71, and I think it's been extended to 72. Correct. I have a multiplicity of uh, various retirement accounts. And in the past, from years ago, 
I had invested in some of these alternative energy stocks, and I never paid much attention to it until I actually uh, turned 70. And I thought the intelligent thing to do would be, I should preface it by saying, because I am semi-retired and my wife did retire, we had a significant uh, diminution in income, but the taxes mm-hmm. had to be prepaid for mm-hmm. the year. So um, what I did, I took a distribution and transferred it from the traditional IRA into the Roth. But mm-hmm. I had no way of knowing about these energy stocks because when I did it, they were making a little money, but not much. And all of a sudden, they've exploded. I mean, it's incredible, that the increase. And now I see that in the traditional account, it has huge implications in terms of the RMD. And so my gut tells me, just let it ride, because even though we're going to be forced into a higher tax bracket, I suspect, that we'll have the resources by just selling them. And just if you have to sell them, you have to sell them. And that's maybe a good problem to have. But what it also does, which I didn't think about, is it's also uh, grossly distorted the holdings in the non-traditional account in a personal account and a in a Roth and it's also distorted the balance and I know when I listen to you, you always say try to balance your uh, assets don't try to put all your uh, apples in one basket and and it's really disproportionate to almost all my other holdings which are much more conventional securities and uh, stability. So I don't know if I've screwed up or not. No, no, no. I don't. Well, you've made money. How is that a screw up? Right. So good for you. What you're trying to wonder is, have you maximized your potential gains? Well, nobody can ever really achieve that. What we want to do is optimize rather than try to maximize. So a couple of simple answers to your questions. Number one, the Roth conversion is not really going to help you a whole lot. If you're worried about having to have a big required distribution out of your IRA, the Roth conversion would make it worse because you have to pay taxes on 100% of what you convert, which would be a bigger number than the required distribution would be. So I don't see how a Roth conversion does you any good. Second, yes, I think you're right. You now have an overweighting in these energy sector because of its outperformance. That's what rebalancing is all about. So you should pare down, which helps you secure the profits that you've had there and rebalance the portfolio so that you are more balanced, more diversified, and your risks are lower. Now, might that mean you're not going to make as much money if those particular stocks continue to zoom up in value? Well, yeah, but there's no assurance that that's going to happen. They could easily go down in value as quickly as they went up. So I would argue for leaving the money in the IRA as it is, deal with the RMD at age 72. You don't have to worry about it for now. Joe Biden is talking about extending the age 72 to age 75, so you wouldn't have to make a withdrawal for five more years if that happens. Leave the money alone in terms of where it is, and then rebalance it within the account to take some of the risk out of the highly concentrated position you have right now. Simple as that. Okay. Yeah, and that that really was my gut. I realized afterwards, even if I left it alone, I know you're not saying that, in in the traditional, that the solution, even if you get put in a higher tax bracket, is you'll have the resources to make the payments. Exactly. That's exactly right. The withdrawal you make from the account, you use it to help pay your taxes. You're exactly right. Remember, taxes, say it with me, everybody, taxes are a good thing. You only pay taxes when you're financially successful. Poor people (laughs) don't pay taxes. 
So which do you want? Do you want to be rich and pay taxes or be poor and not pay taxes? Your choice. At my, at my stage in life, I'm more interested in uh, passing it on to uh, my heirs. Well, you can't do that. if you. Again, you have to be financially successful to have money to pass on to heirs. So it's real simple. I think you're in good shape, Robert. Congratulations on your success, and I wish you well. Okay, if I can ask you one other question, because you've alluded to it. In the traditional accounts, where it's now out of balance, how do you minimize the capital gain? Or you just, you can't, and you just... Uh... No, wait, wait, wait. You're talking about the IRA account? No, no, no. I also have them in traditional accounts, my own, my wife and I's joint account. In taxable accounts. You have the money in taxable yeah, accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you sell, in order to rebalance the account and reduce your risk, you are going to trigger capital gains taxes. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. Thank you very, very, very much. I appreciate it. And um, I'll, I'll stay tuned faithfully. Robert, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Stay well, my friend. That was Robert in New York. You're listening to The Rick Edelman Show. We've been talking about the fact that Joe Biden is now occupying the White House and a Democratic Congress is in control in Washington, D.C. What does it mean for your investments? What's going to come? Well, we never know what the future holds, but we might be able to get a little sense of guidance by looking at the past. And that's why I want to invite you to attend our special virtual event, The Impact of the Elections on Your Investments. It's this Tuesday, January 26th at 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This webinar is free, but you need to register. Sign up at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. And you'll learn about how the stock market has performed under both Democrat and Republican leadership. And you'll get my three-step investment strategy that you need now and the rest of Joe Biden's term and your entire life. Go to rickedelman.com for the webinar this Tuesday, January 26th, 3 and 8 p.m. Time now for a visit from my wife, Jean Edelman, here on The Rick Edelman Show. Jean, co-founder, of course, here at Edelman Financial Engines with a degree in consumer economics and a specialty in nutrition and an expert in macrobiotic cooking. Jean here with her weekly segment, Everybody's Favorite of the Show. Jean. Hi, everyone. The word that popped up this week is cherish. There seem to be a lot of life events that keep reminding me to cherish the moments. Last year, we lost a lot of these moments, and this year, I think, is teaching us even more. Don't take anything or anyone for granted. You got a beef with something or someone, talk it through or let it go. Life is too short. We are also being taught we are not in control. There's a higher power out there, and we need to acknowledge it and respect it. We're also learning don't take anyone or anything for granted. It's not about the things, it's about the moments. And so this week is just short and sweet on the word cherish. C is to create. Stop holding on to old thoughts, old patterns, old expectations, old judgments. Create a newer version of ourselves. H is to honor honor ourselves, and honor others. We each have our own journey. We each have our own story. And you never know, if we sit and talk long enough, we might learn something. The E is for effervescence, vivacious, enthusiastic. This is how we should feel about life. The R is for real. It's time to get real. 
Speak what you know to be our own truth. Stop hiding. The I is for illuminate. That is what we should do with our thoughts, our actions, our words. We are all stars and it is time to shine. The S is for smile. We light up when we smile and we light those around us up when we smile. Lots of smiles. And H is for hope. We're human and we always have hope. We hope for a better tomorrow. We hope for a better world. We hope for a better life for our kids. So cherish those around us. No more hate, no more intolerance, no more judgment. When we cherish and honor and respect each other, the world can be a better place. That was Gene Edelman. Thank you very much for joining me on the program today. If you need us, we're here for you. Triple H, Plan Rick, online at ricedelman.com. See you next week. truth about money every weekend on the rick edelman show hi i'm rick edelman with the inauguration behind us we can all expect new laws and regulations affecting the economy taxes student loans trade commerce and more what does it all mean for your investments and what should you do now as a result Get the answers in my special presentation on the election and your investments. The webinar is Tuesday, January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. I'll show you the impact political parties have had on the stock market, and I'll also give you the three-step investment strategy you need right now. The webinar is free. Just register at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. At Edelman Financial Engines, we've been helping folks just like you get through every election since 1986, and we can help you now, too. You'll be surprised at what I have to tell you, so if you missed this webinar before, this is your last chance to see it. Join me January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. Eastern. Register now at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com.